4: It is time for Happy Hour. It is the Man Cave Happy Hour. Whiskey, cigars, spirits, the stories that go along with it. I'm Jamie Flanagan.
5: Well, good afternoon, gentlemen, and everyone else. I am Matt Fox,
4: and we are on Tuesday, and it's Tasting Tuesday, as we do uh, and have been doing for some time now. The Tasting Tuesdays Tuesday with Joe Lewis Bourbon. Uh, Michael is on location. What is your
5: favorite part of the week, Jamie?
4: Oh, Tuesday. I don't. Monday is just stretching for <laughs> for what happens on Tuesday. It's uh, it's the way we get started. Uh, we got bourbon. Yeah. Oh, Gary, you can keep that up. No worries. That's <laughs> oh, all right oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i want to oh, be
3: you know no no i guess I didn't, cool. get my, I didn't get i didn't get my joe lewis care package that's it. for preparation no. for we this. have
4: all kinds of guests we're getting and closer and closer today um michael is down in atlanta and uh he's connected with some bartenders he's uh he's getting some yes. social distancing going on michael who do we have on our bartending crew and where are you at
2: so i well first of all i am here at establishment which is in midtown atlanta and it is a bar that has a really big outdoor patio. And they've opened up for takeout only. It's really, it's one of the best bourbon bars in the city. And inside behind the bar, we're going to go and say hello to Tom McGuire. But I just wanted to show you the product how they're doing this. So if you walk in here, you'd be greeted by a bunch of phones that say, hey, y'all, stay safe. Mm. The menus are here. Okay. And then you can step right up and take your order. The menus are in plastic. And then if you want, you can sit socially distancing over there. Oh. So it's pretty cool. And, uh, you know, they've got all the wines on the slate of the full cocktail menu. And then we come inside, which normally at this time would be absolutely packed.
4: Mm-hmm. With
2: people is now uh, just me and Tom.
4: Yeah. Well, then
2: Tom McGuire's over here. Oh, he's to fight me, sir.
4: very welcome. <laughs> that's good. You know,
2: do the right thing.
4: Yeah. And yeah, so you keep that social distancing going and it's getting things reopened again. And that's what we wanted to talk about and try to figure out um, today. And we brought in our friend Gary Graff. He's an entertainment writer, uh, entertainment writer with the uh, Oakland Press here in Metro Detroit area. And he also, you know, Billboard magazine, Rolling Stone and about a uh, 100 other magazines. You would go, holy crap. Really? And yes, really. Uh, so Gary Graf, Entertainment Writer. We want to talk to Gary. Uh, we're going to get to that about uh, venues reopening. Um, Joe Louis Bourbon uh, is very involved with the Golden Gloves. Um, and there were many great events lined up uh, earlier in April and here in May uh, that are not happening. And so we're curious how venues are going to open up and venues um, like the one that you're at there with Tom McGuire. And uh, we got Bob and Jason on the line as well. Bob is uh, newly retired from that establishment. Yes, sir. Uh, and Jason, uh, is one of the troubadours behind the bar, uh, as well. And with us too is, uh, Charles Avison. He's the author. It's like you know, too many authors. It's like whiskey and writers. It's two of my favorite things on the planet. Charles Avison, uh, author of, uh, Detroit city of champions. So we're talking about Joe Lewis. You were talking about the city of champions. And so we love having Charles with us, um, bringing in that rich, rich, rich history. um, but first up, we were gonna talk to Tom behind the bar. Tom, you were gonna you were gonna pour us a little something, something, and talk a little bit about the bourbon. Um, you finally got your mitts on a yeah, bottle. Yeah, I got a few
0: cocktails lined up for you guys. You got your mitts um, on it. It's again, very welcome, y'all, to it.
4: I'm sorry. You finally got your hands on a bottle, and it's it's a very oh, cor- yeah. it's a very corn. What are you gonna do with it? What did you get out of the bottle? And then what what did that go? Hey, I'm gonna try this with this
0: sure so for me uh having tasted the juice it's very good stuff uh there's some nice green notes to it but still got a really sweet finish just a touch of like that that kind of like barley coming through at the end it's a really like. uh and for me like one of the true tests of any spirit is how well it holds up in the classics mm. so i figured i'd give you guys one of our signature house cocktails and then a couple other classics that i think are perfect for at least down here in georgia today i really hot May Day, so a couple of refreshing drinks, a couple of which Bob will know quite well, considering he and I are long-time drink slingers back in the, the Prohibition days, if we can go back that far. <laughs> you don't look this that old. That's where we met Mr. Short, along That's with right. his compadre, Walt. I
2: do. That's right. We were, we were quite dangerous oh, back then. That wasn't the original Prohibition days. We're not that old. This is a place in Atlanta called Prohibition.
5: I am. <laughs> Bobby.
0: I time-traveled, man. Speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we'll start up, kick off with a few of these drinks, then, um, and we'll just get right at it.
5: And while you're doing um, that, you had, while you're doing that, you had mentioned, you know, it's got a sweeter flavor, you had a sweeter feel to it. You think that's because you said the barley was coming through, but the sweeter uh, feel was that because of no, yeah, most corn? of that
0: sweetness actually comes from the corn. Mm. Uh, it's that barley that imparts those kind of like greener notes yeah. to it, and really, like barley for for most bourbon production is the catalyst. Mm. Um, There's no way to snip uh, the carbohydrate chains without using either a natural enzyme or some kind of artificial chemical. Uh, So what most spirit producers use is they use malted barley to activate that to get those carbohydrates broken down so the yeast can start eating them as sugar and make some some lovely, lovely alcohol for us. Fair
5: enough. I can't wait to see what you got there.
0: All right. Cool beans. Well, uh, so make a signature one for you here for us. This is our... Uh, household fashion, uh, we, on a normal week, back in, you know, more normal times, we would sell entirely too many of these. Um, <laughs> so we're going to start off first by adding some bitters. We do a house bitters blend, um, but you can use really whatever you like. Um, ours is a, a blend of Angostura uh, and Reagan's Orange, so it make, really makes a really lovely base for an old-fashioned, but... Again, there's no right or wrong. Use what you like. Uh, when it comes to sweetening agents, you really got a ton of options. Um, most of them, you know, most traditionally sh- sugar cubes. Uh, we use a demerara syrup base um, that we've infused with orange and lemon and a touch of vanilla.
5: Honestly. Do, um, do you do you cook that down? Do you, how do you
0: use a teaspoon of that? Yeah. Very very concentrated. Really doesn't need a whole lot more else.
5: Is that cooked down with a? Uh...
0: Yeah, it's okay. it's about three parts demerara sugar to about one part water, and then fortified with a little bit of uh, mellow corn whiskey in mm. order to keep it from crystallizing on you because it's it's really heavy duty. Gotcha. Um, but a traditional one to one simple syrup works wonderfully, uh, and if you like muddling sugar cubes, by all means do that too. Mm. Um, the old fashioned is. Mm the name really doesn't even do it justice to how old school it is. Um, I, I love the history behind this drink and very few people do know it. Um, It's essentially this drink was created, not as the old fashioned. Uh, The first dating recipe was originally just a whiskey cocktail. Uh, Very few people when they think about cocktails, think about what that word actually means. And it refers to a specific blend of a base spirit, uh, be it brandy, rum, whiskey, gin, vodka, tequila, a sweetening agent, and bitters, and then along with water or ice. Uh, that is, strictly speaking, what makes a cocktail. So when this recipe was first published, right around 1814, mm. it was just called a whiskey cocktail. Uh, and as the 19th century went on, uh, and the art of bartending really started to get going, guys like Jerry Thomas, literally writing the first book, uh, and then Harry Johnson, right at the turn of the century, writing one of my favorites and Bob's bar books.
2: Yeah.
0: They started calling it a whiskey cocktail in the old-fashioned style. And then by the time you hit the 20s in Prohibition, it's just an old-fashioned. Hmm. So we've got that. I've got our sweetening agent. We've got our bitters. We've got our two ounces of Joe Louis bourbon. We're going to add some ice and stir <laughs> it all down. Yeah. <laughs>
5: I'm just, I, I'm just really missing being at the bar with you doing this.
6: Yeah, right so, <laughs> so a stir, a stir
4: over a shake. What is the, the 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 preferential over a stir over a shake?
0: Oh, when to stir, when to shake? Yeah. I mean, it really the hard and fast rule on that is if it has juice, you shake it. If it doesn't, you stir it. Uh, but realistically, it it really comes down to a case by case basis. Um, you stir when you want to control dilution. Essentially, when you don't want to drink to get too watered down um, and you shake when you really want to get it cold and really kind of smooth. Got it.
4: <clears throat> that's one hell of a spoon and there. That's looking pretty i is...
2: uh, got
0: some big hunking cubes here to serve it up on, too. I know Bob's
2: cut a million of these by hand along nothing, with his hands. Nothing like big ice. Yeah, with heavy equipment. No,
7: right? <laughs> with his machete. I'm faking it today.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. I'm going to just strain this out over a big rock. And then express a lemon peel and an orange peel across the top.
5: So a lot of folks will smoke it or what have you. You just like going old, old traditional and lemon peel it is, right?
2: Joe France, enjoy. You, Gorgeous. And there you go. A handmade cocktail. Cheers. Oh, you know what? The lemon and the orange right up the top. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's good Joe.
7: Aha! <laughs> <laughs> ha! Uh-huh, <upper> Joe. <laughs> I
2: like it. We need to come up with a name for this. Would this be the... Uh, Southern Joe, no, the old old Joe, the uh, Joe Manhattan. Well, actually, we do have one that we call the Madison Square <coughs> uh, Joe's Madison Square Manhattan. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, because we fights were Madison Square Garden. Yeah. Very, Very much. So, yeah.
7: Yeah.
2: But I don't know. I'm trying to think. We need to have like something from New York. To
7: it. I like the Brown Bomber myself.
2: Oh, well, wow. you, okay. Do you want to know a little bit about that's the crazy. Brown Bomber? Because that's part of this plan, is that one of the next, uh, well, won't be the next. The next is going to be rye, but following the rye, uh, there's going to be a brown bomber, and we already know what it is. It is going to have a um, uh, an organic maple uh, uh, mixed with this with this same bourbon,
6: uh, and it
2: really is. We've tasted it, and it's really awesome. But it's also going to be an extra aged and extra dark. So it's going to be very dark, almost like a dark rum, uh, with the maple flavor. Not, not not too much just enough to give it a little
0: bit of so it's going to be kind of like a rock and rye essentially yeah,
2: yeah. cool yeah very cool yeah. so that's probably not till uh, end of 2021
4: is there a uh, charles right, so, uh, is, is there an origi- origination on the 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 nickname the Brown bomber do you know of anything on that charles where that nickname uh, derived from
1: uh, i mean just kind of you know just the evolution of it um just, I mean, it was like an evolution, you know, like, I mean, it's just the, you know, lightning fist type thing. I mean, it's just seemed to kind of go hand in hand with that Brown, you know, the Brown Bomber yeah. concept.
4: I didn't know if that I mean, just evolved. His, it wasn't uh... like
1: something he wasn't. I do know that it wasn't something that the, right off the beginning, he wasn't called that. It was like, I believe it was, tw- it was, it was at the tail end of 1935, 36, when he was already like really you know exploding onto the international scene that the more that that phrase got sort of getting kicked around the more that it became like the official um you know like the main thing right cuz there was there was other he had other you know he had other names too it was uh just i mean there was a i mean there was a bunch of different stuff that they called him but that it just kind of evolved once like once that name hit you know, like
6: stuck
4: yeah you
1: know, I, I mean it just, it was like that one just kind of stuck you know i mean it was just right.
6: perfect Would it be like because of the era, because we were at war at that time too? I mean, would it be like that? Would that kind of tie into that as well, you think?
1: Yeah. I mean, I mean, like there was other names, like the dark destroyers, stuff like, you know, like there was, you'd have other stuff too. I mean, there was, um, you know, there was just different names, but that one really just evolved. Like once that one hit, it was just so perfect It just, you know, just kind of like anything, it just was like an evolution thing.
4: Yeah, I didn't know if it tied it might into have been his military specific. history or not. You know, it's if it not. was his military history, if it tied into that or not.
1: No, it was, he He was, that, was, that name was locked in um, before, you know, before he was in the World War Two. Right, right. But um, you know, I will show you. I will show you something really cool. If you give me just one second, I'll show you something really
4: cool here. Absolutely, thanks, Michael. Ch- Charles always. He's just <laughs> had some amazing memorabilia. He always has something, uh, and just <laughs> always the best stories, just lurking about. Uh, it's just I love. <laughs> I love that you just walked away too. While man, we're but, waiting for that, can yeah, I just show you something? Totally sure. Yeah. Check out that. Oh, look at that! There's a nice selection of bourbons. <laughs>
1: So this right here, I'll show you this. This is really cool. All right, Charles. Um, so this is a, this is a nineteen. So this is a nineteen thirty seven ring magazine. It's Ooh. one of my favorite covers. Yeah. I actually was. I just took it off my wall because it was actually in a, in a frame. But uh, so this is a nineteen thirty seven ring magazine, and then mm-hmm. so you'll notice right down here that also says the Brown Bomber. Like it's in reverse of course oh, okay. on the screen, but it says the Brown Bomber right there.
4: Yeah. Yeah.
1: You see, I was dropping a bomb, and then look. But the cool thing is, look at that airplane. It's a World War II, um, you it's know, a B-
5: the, fi- it's a B B-52. World,
1: yeah. yeah. Well, it's a world war plane, you know, World War II style airplane. It actually says, if you look close on it, it, actually says the brown bomber right on the airplane, too. <laughs> nice. so you can see by 1937, it was a pretty well established, um, nickname for him, yeah. But this, uh, yeah, this, uh, this is a classic. Like, I've this, I've done a lot with that cover. So. Freshened it up, restored it. Wow! But I just love this issue. When I got a chance, I, I've seen I'd seen the cover on the internet quite a few times.
2: It's but when I actually saw the issue live, yeah, it's,
6: it's not every time. Every time Bob puts a Joe Louis bourbon up to the camera, I think I'm gonna punch. I, <laughs> I, I try to duck out. He just he's bringing it up there and I'm just,
4: all right. But, uh, so we were talking about, talking about boxing and talking about the, uh, the Golden Gloves. Uh, Joe Lewis, uh, we'll get, we'll do, a, we'll have Tom do another cocktail for us in, in a minute. But, uh, Michael, you have to drink that one down first and then he can make you another one, right? Um, but Joe <laughs> Lewis Bourbon, you guys are sponsoring, uh, the Golden Gloves in and in a lot of the Golden Glove events. You're tied into that. That was where the official first release was going to take place, right?
2: Well, yeah, so, uh, and by the way, I just want to uh, introduce uh, the fact that I just popped up that Facebook Live is now possible, so we are now streaming hey. on oh, Joe Lewis Bergen page uh, while we continue this year, uh, yeah. but let me, yeah, so what was supposed to happen is that, well, it will happen at some point, is that the launch plan for this was all tied to the markets where there were going to be state championships in 2020 uh, for Golden Gloves, and also the Nationals the national championships were in Tulsa, Oklahoma, scheduled to be in May. Uh, right. And none of that happened. Right. So we were already in the midst of launching uh, in Michigan. And, in fact, we were supposed to preview the launch on your show on April 14th, a soft event at the Detroit Shipping Company. And then later that week on uh, Friday and Saturday, there was going to be a simultaneous two-venue uh, launch at uh, the um, – Delta Plex in, in uh, Grand Rapids and also at Burt's Place uh, in uh, Metro Detroit. For the two there there are two simultaneous Golden Gloves events in the state. Mm. Uh, none of those happened. So as you may recall, those of you who are loyal followers, we started doing these about a week before that, uh, and we have continued ever since. But our second um, market was to be Las Vegas, right? And Joe Louis Bourbon was was um, about to be placed in all of Caesar's Palace. Uh, It was also simultaneous to uh, the the largest uh, conference of the year for the industry, the WSWA, which was going to be at Caesars Palace. And as a result of the relationship that Joe Louis Distilling has forged with USA Boxing, that is the parent organization of Golden Gloves, but USA Boxing oversees all amateur boxing, including the Olympics and Team USA, they were going to bring all the Olympic uh, uh, boxers to Caesar's Palace for an exhibition. So we would have gotten, Joe Lewis would have gotten attention all over the place. Yeah. Um, And uh, all of that's out the window. (laughs) Las Vegas is still closed. Uh, We're waiting for rescheduled events. But I'm going to share one of the things with you. Um, Today, I received the sales report from Michigan. Oh. And Joe Lewis Bourbon is three and a half weeks after being launched in the mid of a COVID pandemic. Please. uh, it is in 439 stores in Michigan. Oh, wow. Uh, has sold 275 cases, which was what our projections were that we would sell in the first two months with all of those events. And those events haven't happened. And we are, so we are ahead of the sales forecast. And now they're scrambling to get more product into Michigan even before we get to the next thing. So thank you, Michigan.
5: <laughs> That's great.
2: Next That's great. Hey, it's good, and because hear. of I like to think it's because of what we're doing, but I don't know if we
4: can
5: yeah, yeah, that much for. I'm, gonna, I'm going to agree with you I'm on that. Gonna, How about that? That is,
4: that is the man cave bump, <laughs> is what that is. That is for sure. But uh, but so yeah, talk about <laughs> the, why, it's
5: right here. The man cave bump <laughs> is <Indeed. right>
4: here. <laughs> <laughs> all the Golden Glove events. They're n- they're not. Uh, they your your involvement with them uh, are only postponed as long as the events are postponed. So if the f- events are canceled, you know you'll jump on the next set of events, or if these move to dates but gary yeah
2: so the question is whether it's
4: this year or next year so yeah we brought our friend gary graff in uh gary's an entertainment writer with the i mentioned earlier the oakland the oakland press here in metro detroit and just rolling stone billboard and just everywhere everywhere uh enjoying some whiskey with us on a on a tuesday gary thanks thanks for being here gary uh apparently oh oh, it's tuesday yeah (laughs) <laughs> okay. Thanks. That's yeah. Welcome
3: it. to the man cave,
5: Gary.
4: If it Appreciate wasn't, wasn't yeah. Taste oh, Tuesdays, I would have no idea whatsoever. So apparently, uh, uh, it was like a little Thanos snap they, of the fingers, and all of a sudden, sports and entertainment and concerts are gone. Um, no kidding, right? Are they? Are they ever coming back?
3: They're they're coming back, but you know, the short answer, and we, we are going to talk for a long time about this. The short answer is we don't know when we don't know how and we don't know what they're going to look like now does that keep any of us from talking out, out of our butts about how it's going to happen of course not because no. everybody has ideas every, everybody has a little bit of insight you know into what's going to happen the problem the problem guys is we don't know first of all we don't know when the all clear is going to sound and even when the all clear sounds what it's going to look like i mean is that fabulous bar down there in atlanta going to be able to you know to have 100 people 200 people i don't know what the capacity is and concert venues sporting you know sporting arenas and stadiums are going to face the same thing are are there going to be capacity limits what is the admission drill going to be are they going to take your temperature you know are they going are you going to have to produce papers or some sort of go through some sort of health check before you can get in i mean it's all of this is being discussed. There are no, there are no firm answers yet. The conventional wisdom is that the audience will probably not come back in full force until there's a vaccine. And of course, we don't know when that is. And even when there's a vaccine, people are still going to be a a little skittish. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, you know, people are going to be skittish. Also, are they going to have money to go to these places Mm -hmm. after what's going on now? And these are all the variables we just don't know the answers to.
5: You know that was a question I was going to have for you, Gary. As a consumer, you know, going to sports, you know, you know, events, what have you, the the prices, you know, with less people possibly going, will ticket prices go up? Oh my so god! So they can continue to. Operate it's already four thousand
4: dollars to see the Rolling Stones. I mean, right. come on.
3: How much harder? <laughs> do, much or do they, can go they go down? Or yeah, or do they go down as an incentive? to get people back in the door. Now right, right. the Ro- the Rolling Stones right. people are still going to want to see, you know, whenever they come back, but the, the basic amphitheater summer show, you know, that band that cut co- those bands that come around
2: mm-hmm. every
3: summer, maybe in some cases twice a year,
2: mm-hmm.
3: you know, maybe not so much, maybe you're not willing to risk your life or the, or pr- risk your perceived life. Is anybody perceived-
6: seen Keith Richards to see if he has the antibodies for a, you know, a cure for this? He-
3: He has antibodies for everything. I mean, have have you seen that great meme that's out there with the four Rolling Stones? The other three are wearing masks, and Keith is Keith is just out there with his with his big smile.
5: I have not seen that. That's great.
3: It's a good it's a good meme. You know what? I'll go see
5: Hollow Notes anytime. I I really would.
3: Okay. All right. I but it's it's going to be very interesting to see what people are willing to go see again and and aren't going to you know aren't going to be as willing to see it's you know yeah. and and so so much does depend on on the health issues whether people think it's in control or not because that's what's going to allow the municipalities to let these buildings be open again regardless of the size mm-hmm. and then figure out then figure out the rules you know and and i think we are definitely looking at capacity limits and then the venues themselves have <laughs> to have to make a determination about whether they can make it work or not. Now, obviously, a bar or, you know, a bar can, you know, 100 people, 200 people, whatever, you know, 50% capacity. If they're drinking, it still works. A restaurant, you know, has different kind of challenges. Mm -hmm. A theater, you know, like the Fisher Theater up here in Detroit, Mm -hmm. they make their their money on the last 300 tickets they sell Mm -hmm. for a sellout. So, if they have to cut their capacity in half, it may not be worth that worth it to them to even open. And you're going to get the same the same type of situation at whether it's a Fox theater in Detroit or Atlanta, you know which are both around five thousand seats, or the big arenas, the sheds, you know the the stadiums, of course. A lot of decisions are going to have to be made, and then and then it's what happens in the food chain. Will the bands will are the bands will the performers willing to make less? in order for the before the promoters to charge less in order for people to afford it and then come to the shop. And these are, these are the things we don't know yet. Yeah.
4: So it's a lot to hash
5: out. It's a lot to take in and try to kind of think about as to, you know, you know, I, I, as I love going out, I love being at the concerts, love going to events, you know, spending time with friends and the, the, this, these types of thoughts that you have that we're going through is just a, it's somewhat disheartening. I'm not gonna lie to you, Gary. It's somewhat disheartening, oh, yeah. but I but I get it and I understand it. Do I like it? Absolutely not. But it's 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 there for a reason. We don't know what we don't know, but we're yeah. gonna work through it. We're gonna get there and we're gonna get Joe Lewis Bourbon back in, in in Detroit. We're gonna launch them, we're gonna get back into the Fisher, the Fox, and Detroit shipping company. It's going to happen. We have to be patient. I guess that's the bottom line.
3: You have no choice yeah you have no choice but to be patient, and like I say, it's incredibly complex. I talk to a lot of these venue operators and promoters. you know they're rescheduling shows, knowing that they may have to reschedule the rescheduled date i think the I think the smartest and you know this talk about disheartening you know I think the smartest uh the smartest plan for any any touring artist right now is to call twenty twenty a wash. And start looking at 2021 and possibly late into 2021. That's, that's, that, that's, that's a, a very so, that's a very sobering reality, and we all need a drink when you think. Oh,
5: it. it's a fair assessment at the same time.
2: So can well, I ask a, a real, question? Can I ask oh. Gary a question? So Gary, yeah. did you see when I did my little walk around here earlier? Yeah. You see what are What are your thoughts on that? I mean, you know, I don't think anything's perfect, but they've kind of like you can see everyone's <laughs> spread apart
3: um i don't know well, like don't... you like you said in your introduction that place is so well situ- you know is so well set up for people to you know for people to to still gather but you know follow the rules and do do what's smart and right not every not every place is like that certainly concert venues are not necessarily like that and and we have to depend on people following the rules. And Lord knows here in Michigan, we've seen evidence that there are a substantial number of people who seem not ready to do that. And that that creates a, you know, it creates a dangerous situation. And that's going to affect whether people want to go out to any of these places. I mean, I think where you are, like I said, it's so well set up and it's so airy and there's, there's that big outdoor space. So that's, I can see feeling, you know, very safe uh, going there, there are there are other places that you won't feel as safe about, yeah. and cer- certainly I'm the if only you're
2: one allowed inside here with Tom. Nobody, everyone else walks up.
3: It's good. It's yeah. good to be a bourbon maker sometimes, isn't it? <laughs> actually, I can't imagine when it's bad to be a bourbon maker. Yeah, really? Yeah, uh, uh, all you have
2: to do is walk in with a t-shirt like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Actually, so- I had to walk with a bottle to make it real. Yeah. Oh, that's all. <laughs> that,
3: is, that helps too.
5: The password is... <laughs> Antibon. The
2: password is booze. All so, right. Tom, can, uh, Tom, let me ask you this. Yeah. Um, you know, the reality is that this is... A, I hate to say it. This is more of a community service than a profit uh, motivation, right now, right? Um, I mean, a lot of it for us, though
0: is we don't we wanted we had all this outdoor space to work. With. We wanted to try and we really had to pivot our model to focus on that. Um, and I'm not going to sit here and you know try and tell you we're making money hand over fist. Um,
2: well, all I know is as a patron, lights on. as a patron, if I were here in a normal light I would have maybe thirty seconds of your attention. A little be, bit be, less, yeah. Less 30, <laughs> Just a
0: little right? bit less, particularly during happy hour. Yeah. yeah right, um. Right. So yeah, no, it's 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 definitely tricky, but we're really trying to do our best to keep things going. Um, you know, we, we have a, a large amount of staff who we really miss dearly, but we really want to get back here and. Um, we knew we had to keep things going as best we could and responsibly as we could so they have a place to come back to work, you know. Um, it's it's that's one of the things that you don't see uh, is the faces of the people that are that are affected by this, like directly. Like it's it's a real tough thing, you know, me and, me and my immediate boss having to call out our staff and tell them, Hey, you guys need to file for unemployment. Shit, I never thought I'd
6: say.
0: you know, like with uh, you know, not because of the, the business, not because that operations that's completely beyond our control.
2: Well, and you know what? And they're better off. So as long as it lasts, it's not going to last. That's the thing. To get the uh, you know the unemployment the six hundred bonus. I mean, a lot of folks in this space are you know and making doing better now. Right. But that's not going to last. So that's 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 just a temporary. You know what happens in in July and August? Great. Right? Right. You know that's that's really where the issue comes in. I actually have a question for Bob.
0: We just wanted to keep things, you know, keep it, keep it as tight as we can until when things get a little bit closer to normal or we know what new normal is. Uh, as it stands, I mean, it's a day-by-day thing for us. It's really the only way to operate. We really don't know what we're going to walk into tomorrow because so we didn't know what I was coming
7: into today. Yeah.
5: yeah, I have a question for Bob. You know, Bob, you, you spent your time as a bartender 40-plus years, correct?
7: Yes, sir. Yes, sir.
5: And, and you know what would you compare today to back then? Did you ever see something like this as to where people were out of jobs in the bar industry? And well, I'm sure you did, but can, can you help these guys give them some advice as to what they need to do to make? No, there's
7: no, there's there's never been anything like. I'm old, but I'm not that old. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the plague. when maintain, those locusts you know? came through. When what the, was that like? when the frogs and everything were falling from the sky, people were drinking like crazy. It was great. When you were were eating dirt, let's just go. Moses, (laughs) Moses still owes me four bits for a tip. Okay. (laughs) But one thing I just, one thing I just thought of that's really fun out of this now, now Tom will get this because he's been with me at prohibition and and a lot of different bars. We've been together And, and we just, Wouldn't it be nice if we could keep it to, okay, we got 10 guys going to come in now and they're, and you're going to show off for them and then they're, they're going to move along because we're always having a hard time with stop the door. Why are you letting 40 people in? Mm -hmm. This could be a nice thing for, for, for show bartenders. to to say, let a certain amount of people come in. But the main thing, I'm just, I'm a jokester, you know me. Mm -hmm. But the main thing is, is I think it's really just goodwill for us to be with our friends. Um, I've been on a a couple of zoom things with Katie Klotman who used to work in uh, East Andrews, which was part of the whole prohibition thing. And she, she's, she works at an English pub, Churchill's and she just gets everybody together. And we all talk about how do we set up unemployment? How do we set up this? What are we doing to get through? Oh, let's do a shot. I'm usually toast by the end of it, but I'm usually toast. (laughs) So it's another, it's a normal day. I just think it's weird, man. It's weird, but it's great that people can get together. And I I think if, I think if we could set up some kind of a thing, just, just get on and and say here, boom, tip your guys. If you want to tip them virtually, or if, if you can't, and you're not that that savvy, wait until it's time, save your pennies up. I'll drink with you on the phone for, for free. (laughs) And then come back in and visit my friends when it's done, you know? It's you know just,
5: we we've mentioned it here before. You know there there's a website called Go Tip and yes. um you know you can actually register as a bartender register there all or 50 as states. a server register and all fifty states you go and register and uh, your bartender you can go and tip that. every time you pour yourself a drink at home you know what throw your bartender a couple of bucks because that's what they that's what they live on are those tips so Go Them uh good friend of the man cave happy hour, Nick. You know, he put it all that together and it's across the entire
4: entire country. So you
5: know, as you said, you have a drink with your bartender, whether it be virtually and throw him a couple of bucks.
4: All right. Speaking of bartenders, Tom, uh yeah. you did us a did us an old fashioned uh what's next up your sleeve? What do you got another uh, so what do you like to yeah, do? Man. What do you like to do with whiskey?
0: Sure. So this is one of my favorite old school whiskey cocktails being Joe Lewis bourbon, seemed perfectly appropriate, and it's a, a wonderful summertime cocktail. Uh, the classic whiskey smash. Really simple, really easy ingredients. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll just bang one of those out for you guys really quick. Uh, Mr. Shore, I do need to get a tin from you. Thank you kindly. Yeah.
2: They're excellent tripods. I- indeed.
0: <laughs> indeed. Oh. So uh, there's a whole family of drinks called smashes, and they all have you know fairly kind of similar proportions. Um, you can make this with gin, you can make this with brandy. Um, I, I really like doing it with bourbon; I think that works out pretty well. Uh, so, do
2: you have any Joe Louis bourbon? I think oh.
0: I do. <laughs> <My> goodness <laughs> How gracious! So How did
2: that
5: happen?
0: Let's let's uh, let's smash this all up. So we're going to get two ounces of Joe Louis bourbon in there, and. and? We're going to follow that up with a little bit of fresh squeezed lemon juice, three quarters of an ounce.
5: That is 100% pure lemon and juice. And then I successful. have
0: a mint syrup that I've made up. And you can use a regular simple syrup as well, because we're going to throw fresh mint in with this anywho. So get yourself some nice green mint, fresh mint, mm. and literally just throw that in the shaker. Um, you don't need to muddle. We don't need anything fancy. The ice, the action of the ice in that tin is going to break all this mint up for us. So as long as you shake it hard and fast, it's really no work at all.
4: And again, he taught us earlier, Matt. Right? We're learning something today. If there's juice in it, that's when you want to shake it. Yeah. Look at us learning stuff.
5: You're you're learning. I'm watching and learning. Yeah, that's the thing about the Man Cave Happy Hour, Jamie. You you came to me two uh, two years two years and a few months back, and yep. you're like, "Hey, I got this idea. I want to learn." And here we are, two years later, sitting with all the sitting here with all these wonderful gentlemen,
4: amazing talking experts.
5: about bourbon and learning. You know, from a bartender in Atlanta. Never in my wildest dreams that I think would be doing that. Doing this oh, at yeah. this point in time and, and maintaining and and just you know, thank you. You know. I, You've always been one of my best friends, oh. and I really appreciate everything that you do. But gentlemen, if so. you don't know Jamie, you get to know, you gotta know this guy.
4: Somebody <laughs> needs a hug. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, kind so of, getting like kind a of a lonely over here, <laughs> man. Uh, all right, so, Tom. Uh, this, is so.
3: Only, this is after only one drink. <laughs> <laughs> so,
4: we're taking
0: that mixture that we've shaken up really good, and then we strain it over some crushed ice. Now, Maybe. Crushed ice for the home bartender can be tricky. Like you know, you have to break it all up, smash it all up. Except for you don't. There is a very common uh, fast food chain with drive-in locations all across America that will sell Sonic. you bags of crushed ice. I, I didn't say it, you did. Um, <laughs> but yes, they have great, great ice. Game, it's dirt cheap, and so don't even bother smashing it. Just go pick up a bag. It'll like an eight-pound bag. i will run you like a buck sixty. Like no? you just kind of can't beat it.
7: Um, you can make yeah. three drinks with an eight-pound bag. Yeah. It's great. I, I like the way Bob, <laughs> oh, <course>. Bob. <laughs> One guy told me <laughs> a long time
0: I'm ago when I first – Fresh mint and then a lemon wheel just to make it pretty.
7: <laughs> Bob, what were you going to say? A guy told me way when I was start, young starting out, he's like, told me two things. It's a good way to lose an arm. I'm not done with that drink. And the other one was, you know, the best way to do, start off for a really good martini – is 500 pounds of crushed ice. <laughs>
2: Only? I agree. Mm-hmm. 500
4: pounds? That's gorgeous. 500, 500 pounds.
7: I don't do metric.
4: Sorry. So I... Uh, Guess I, what? I had some... I'm, on to
2: my, I'm having another drink
4: here. Excellent. I had some uh, Elijah Craig in my glass earlier today. I was doing a, a little whiskey. Went with the uh, Elijah Craig. Matt Fox, where were you at with uh, your whiskey sample today? Yeah.
5: yeah. Yesterday I sampled uh, four roses. Today, tonight, yeah, tonight I'm going uh, Buffalo Trace. Right on.
4: All right, Gonna so Gary, I, I know I saw you down. had a bottle in front of you. What uh, you... Buffalo Trace?
3: <sighs> yeah, well, as the as the beard and hair would indicate, I'm very old school. <laughs> uh, so I've got I've got a bot I've got a bottle bottle of Maker's with me, and
6: there's uh there's a his, and I'm
3: drinking it. But there's a there's the history to it is when I was in in college, I dated a woman from Louisville Mm. and I was I was taught about bourbon by her father and even even got to go to the maker's distillery. So so that that instilled a certain loyalty, not that I'm not going to be picking up some Joe Louis. Unless it happens to appear at my door at some point. But uh, <laughs> the address can be provided after the show. But, uh, uh, you know, Jamie and I I do, Matt do know some people. Uh, yeah. I do know people. Yeah, yeah. So they can, and, and I think between our <laughs>
4: arms, we're six feet apart. So I like it. Very nice. Very nice i like that i like that story every every cocktails oh yeah no i got, got a i got
3: schooled nicely in uh in kentucky and this is the same guy who wanted to who brought a rifle to our college down after we broke up but you know <laughs> he did teach me about bourbon
4: <laughs> oh,
6: perfect <laughs> knowing from being from kentucky probably had the rifle anyway well oh yeah it's, it, it's just you know it's just kind of the thing they do i
5: guess now jason you grew up in kentucky yes
6: Yes, born and raised. Yes, born and raised. How
5: far away from Makers were you?
6: Um, I'm about an hour from Makers Mark. I'm actually in. I actually am an ambassador for life for Makers Mark. Um, Rob Samuels uh, was a guest in when I was there. I made a lot of drinks. Rob, he him and his wife both love old fashions in Manhattan's made with Makers 46. Right. Um, yeah, uh, about an hour from Makers Mark. Uh, 20 minutes from Buffalo Trace, 20 yeah. minutes from um, Woodford Reserve, mm-hmm. uh, Four Roses the same. Jim Beam's about an hour and 10 minutes because that's in Claremont.
5: Right, right. So, but then, where, uh, where Joe Louis Bourbon is now distilled at, that. That, that is in Kentucky or is it... 20
6: a, miles from where I grew up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's from... It's, it, the original was in Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And that was... Actually, Jim Beam distilled it. I believe it burned down. I, I had to look into that. Cause I actually called... It Around a bunch about about that, mm-hmm. but Lawrenceburg is now popular because that's where Wild is. Which is, um, you know, one of my daily drinks is if I'm a, if I'm gonna have something, I really like um, like the Russell Reserve Ten Year Single. Oh, nice! This is actually a barrel pick that a friend of mine did in Kentucky, but the white label, the ninety proof, for twenty five dollars is a really nice. Daily drink. Makers 46 is a great daily drink. But what I'm sipping on is actually local from Lexington, too. It's not shipped out of the state. It's called Rock Castle.
5: I've not heard of Uh,
6: that. This is a a small distillery. That batch right there had 750 bottles in it, I believe. Mm. Um, I think they're on like batch nine. But they started off making vodka just trying to get a mash recipe. And now they have, you know, some really nice bourbons going, um, but yeah, the the whole thing with with all the distilleries, man, is one of the I guess one of the best distillery tours that's there. The that distillery is not even on the bourbon trail, and that's Buffalo Trace. Mm. It's also the one that's hardest to get their products. But you know, but I, I advise everybody. You're talking about Gary. You got to see Maker's Mark. That's one of the most beautiful campus. Yeah. Facilities I've ever seen. They they they, they did that one right. They've um, uh, that's a really beautiful, really beautiful grounds they have there.
4: Nice. Uh,
5: hey, Michael, you're. Yeah, I believe you're still on mute there, bud.
4: Yeah, you muted yourself.
2: <laughs> I was just going to say that I went to Maker's Mark the first time like maybe five years ago, and it was right before Christmas, and it was just beautiful. They had you know decorated. It was really like a little village. Plus, the cool thing is, from major brands, I, re- I don't know if this is really how they do it, but, you know, you see the, these two women,
6: like, putting the labels on. It's, like, that, dirty, they, you know. That, they, they every, one, every one of their bottles is hand-dipped. They go down the line. Yeah. They hand-dip them. That's, okay. uh, I don't know if you can really see that. That's uh, me and Rob Samuels. Ah,
2: oh, yeah. Nice. Uh, that's, in, that's where you, where they let you do the dipping in the end of the yeah.
6: Yeah, that one right there, that was in when he was, he was at our hotel um, way back when. But um, but yeah, if you go into the, yeah, there you go. They do all that by hand, so they, they that bottle comes down the line. They dip it, dip in a twist. I can't tell you how many bottles I've dipped at Maker's Mark, and every time I do it, I love it. Mm. I think <laughs> if, because I, I guess I kind of took it for granted growing up in Kentucky. About, you know, I'm, I'm in Georgia now, but growing up in Kentucky, some of the things that you can do, um, some of the things you get, I mean, people are like, hey, man, this would be great to go to distillers. Well, yeah, well, I've, I've been to that one, you know, umpteen time. But they, but a lot of people haven't. And that's an experience for them. So when they would come to the hotel, when I was bartending at the hotel, they are like, oh, we're from California for the bourbon tour, you know, and, and they would see our selection of bourbon. We had, you know, 300 we had 300 plus bottles of bourbon in our, in our, you know, and I'd, I'd go through to try to know every everyone. So I could give them something different. Sure. It's like for the experience for someone for like, from like Detroit coming down and picking out three or four distilleries to go to. I mean, that's just, it, it's worth seeing.
5: We, we yeah. have uh there are some friends of the man cave, uh, Jamie, you, you're, you're, you're welcome to jump in, but, uh, there's a uh, there's a group of uh, folks. It's a family owned business in in Kentucky called the Kentucky Bourbon Boys, and I, I like to call them the Uber of the Kentucky Bourbon Tour. <laughs> where you actually could call them and set up a, a a tour of each distillery that you want to go and visit over a weekend and a day, and they will drive you from point A to point B to point Z. And if you want to go somewhere else for lunch, they'll throw some recommendations there as well. But you know just you know, they're, they're still what open in 2013, I believe, but you know, they're just really, really wonderful people. And they want to make sure that you have a good experience at the distilleries when you're down in Kentucky and you don't get lost because Jason, correct me if I'm wrong. They, you can get lost pretty easy on the back rows there in Kentucky, right?
6: You can, they all lead up somewhere though. Yeah, they <laughs> do really. But, but I guess my, the, a, a big, if you're going to do a bourbon trail trip, uh, there's a couple of things you want to do. One, you want to pick what airport are you going to fly into—Louisville or are you going to fly into Lexington?
5: And that's what they'll talk to you about. They want to understand what your plans are, where because they had they're in three different areas. They can tell, yeah. take you to three different areas. You yeah.
6: fly into Lexington, and you have well, you have the little, you have some of the small micro distilleries, but you have you fly into Lexington, you're twenty minutes, you got four roses, you have you have yeah. Woodford, you have Buffalo mm-hmm. Trace. Mm-hmm. Um, you fly into Louisville, you can go to, you know, of course, you will go to. You know, um, uh, Brown Forman, well, Brown Forman is also Old Forester. So you can go to Old Forester. You can see Angel Envy, which is in, in downtown Louisville. You can see. Um, now you have bullet. And, yeah, and bullets, bullets there as well. And then you have, uh, you know, all the little bitty places you can go to that, that are, you know. Well,
2: there's a whole, now there's a whole craft bourbon uh, uh, tour. I mean, it used to be, there's a, there's a regular
6: bourbon trail
2: but now there's a craft for
6: trail. Yeah, this one's on the craft. This one's actually in downtown Lexington. Uh, they actually have oh, uh, town branch here too, which is Altec Distilling. Town branch um, developed the original bourbon barrel ale, where they took the their beer and they stored it in bourbon barrels. You can actually get it here in Georgia. But Town Branch Distillery, um, when they first opened up, they they were they have three pot stills. They're killing it. And this is own bourbon. And the guy was a like a microbiologist from UK. Mm. He came over and uh, uh, and started a you know a distillery. It's, it's called Town Branch. It's, it's right on the Town Branch Creek. Um, which I've seen the water in Town Branch Creek. It's terrible, but the bourbon's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think no, there should mean. be. I think there a-, be a man
2: came happy hour uh, bourbon trail yes. field trip.
4: Oh, we
5: I I don't see why. I don't see why not. I can't complain. Uh,
1: how did Kentucky? How did Kentucky become such center point for whiskey? Make for bourbon and that. How did it? Like, I mean, do you have? It, I maybe everybody else knows. I, mean, I know. I do. I I want
2: well, who wants to? Who wants to say? So you know why Kentucky is also known for uh, race horses? especially Lexington. It's I, the, I
1: guess I didn't know that answer to that either. No, I don't.
2: Right, well, it's yeah. the same reason. Because the high limestone content of the water produces grass that has a very high calcium, yeah. so their horses' bones very strong. Oh. And la- high limestone content in water is, is really essential to a good bourbon because it produces huh. clarity uh, in in the bourbon itself as opposed to clarity. Oh, interesting. So, I, so didn't know that. That, I didn't know that, that there was that high of a... Plus the climate, uh, you know, because in, back in the day, there weren't any temperature-controlled now there are, temperature-controlled uh, rickhouses. And so it really huh. has to do with the number of days of, you know, over 90 degree and the number of days of you know, below 40, but not too many <laughs> below 20. Well, then, yeah, so, there's well, also a third reason, Michael. What's the third
0: reason? Uh, the, I mean, whiskey comes from one place in the world, right? It's an Irish creation. Well, there happens to be a huge population of of Irish immigrants to the Kentucky area, which my, my grandmother's family, the
2: Cormans were one of
6: them. They came M- over in
2: the 1690s. Mr. McGuire would know that. <laughs> <laughs> so
5: so, the, McGuire, is that Irish?
6: The word, the word bourbon itself, the way they think the origins came with the word bourbon itself is that one of the ports, ports of out Al- was Bourbon was Bourbon County, Kentucky, Paris, Kentucky. So when they started floating stuff down, the, you know, hit the Mississippi to float down towards New Orleans, Exactly. We would have barrels stamped with the port of origin, which would be. Bourbon. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So when they got down there and they didn't know what the, what the bur- barrels were, they would crack those barrels open and they would see this juice in there, you know, <laughs> figured that the product was called bourbon. Not they didn't know it was the port of origin until, you know, you know, that, they started so, drinking it. <laughs> yeah. like yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, know that. Like, that aging right? was discovered by
0: accident because of that very process. Just loading up of barrels, them sitting sipping down to the Mississippi slowly along the river.
6: And now, all that time,
0: torque. all that like really like all of a sudden somebody realized, Holy crap, this is actually good. We should keep doing this. Yeah, but
6: well, they thought it was a mistake because when they would get yeah. down to the oil, it was like this was clear juice when we put it in here. Right, and exactly. And they, they took the car the barrel. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So can that's I say something that's thing. relevant to Joe Lewis bourbon? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, because, you know, Joe Lewis Bur- I just gave a sip to somebody who doesn't like bourbon. Hey. No. So Joe Lewis bourbon um, is is distilled in, in Virginia, but it's southwestern Virginia. It's maybe 40 miles from the Kentucky border. But when we were sourcing it, I went and pulled the U.S. Geological Survey data. To see all the, the shale and the limestone, mm-hmm. uh, and to, to determine that the actual water that goes into Joe Louisburg has a higher quotient uh, of limestone than Lexington uh, does. So, they oh. Yeah, yeah
7: he took it Amazing. to the next
1: level. That's that's yeah, that's interesting too. Like, I mean, you actually went and, to and the limestone. Like, I didn't realize it
2: was that scientific. I didn't realize. Oh it. yeah, yeah. Well, you know. I mean, there's a whole wood science to this too, which we should do for another future episode about uh, the different charms, the difference between painted and char one, two,
6: three,
2: four, five, six, because it does huh. have effects. this science? Just, it's not just art. Hmm. It's not just playtime.
6: Yeah. Well, a lot of the uh, and, and of course when they were making a lot of theater, they would do that to keep uh, you know in some parts keep that they they do that to keep from getting taxed on the excess. You know, excess corn. So they they try to you know do something with it to to you know, and that was before they really started taxing alcohol. You know, yeah. it's like in and, and Baker's Mark they had the old courthouse. The courthouse, like you could you could ride up to the little uh, this little b shack. It looked like a guard shack, and it was the courthouse where you give your nickel or whatever, and they give you a quarter of booze. So. It was like, <laughs> <laughs> so you say dip your nipple. I love the terminology. For that. Yeah, just no. no so I still don't really is know what that
2: G, means. This is G- <laughs>
0: no,
6: <laughs> nickel. Yeah, listen,
2: I don't mean to interrupt, but uh, yeah. Mr. McGuire actually is on the clock here.
0: I do got to sign off, gentlemen. It's so been me. a pleasure. All right, Tom. Bob Rooney, you're my hero.
5: Tom, appreciate you, sir. Thanks for the
2: drinks tonight. Really I talk to no, you tonight. Pleasure, guys. And, you know, I call you tonight, Tom McGuire. Thank you for the drinks tonight. Uh, I've been the one drinking. Thank you, Tom. Great you All right, sorry. Like, now we can.
4: All right, one. Right. We'll, we'll, we we'll, we'll wrap it n- up before we. Day. Before we wrap Jason, it up, Jason, pick up with where you started with uh, dip your
7: nipple. Go ahead
1: and finish uh, off where you're saying. Uh, that. <laughs> where you're
7: saying <laughs> that. I thought it was nickel, but I'm nickel. unhappy that's, with that's the whole a, I thing. I said nickel my, as well. Jason, that's, that's become part of my vocabulary <laughs> going nickel?
1: forward. Just let you know that's that's something I'm going to be saying at some point in the
2: future.
1: No, no, you. Yeah, get your nickel. Call oh, your nickel. I thought you said like you dip a nipple and you're like no, you're good, like just get a little splash or whatever.
7: Yeah.
1: Uh, I thought that's what you meant. No, the, uh, oh, ex- nickel, either
7: right? either way, we're in. Yeah, that's
1: yeah. what I'm saying. Like, I, maybe that's my. I don't care whether that's what you said or not. That's my. That's a saying. I'm It's
7: cool. like, oh, like the old one: gas, grass, or gas. Nobody rides for free. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you got a nickel? Are a, nickel, you a, a nipple. nipple? Get in the ring with Joe. We
1: Joe. Yeah, nickel
7: uh, or nipple, like... one of the, one way or another. Like <laughs> nickel or nipple. Uh, here comes a punch.
6: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so so. Hey Bob, Jason, did you get yours yet? I have not, I, and and we've been here for an hour. Right. So, uh, right. Ned, checked the right. check the mail yet?
4: Hey Bob, you you were able UPS to get your sample. Love you,
6: bud. I tell yeah. you what, let me go let me go check real quick. Yeah. Well, you, you right. I'll give this you a Give awesome. to no, you a topic to talk about. I will check it.
4: All right. So, but Bob, you were, you were uh, able to get gonna, your sample drink <laughs> and, uh, you were able to, you were able to try it after 40 years behind the bar. Yeah, Bob. And, uh, you've, you've tasted a lot of whiskeys. You've tasted a lot of bourbons. Uh, what do you get out of the profile on the Joe Lewis and, 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 and where do you, where do you put that?
7: I like it. It's, it's got a lot of heat to it. I like a 90 proof. I'm I'm with Jason. I like the high proof bourbons. Anything you know, a little bit higher proof. Um,
5: you know, Bob. For I, me, I, when, I, when I tasted it originally, Bob, yeah, ninety proof. I was surprised by the heat and the. It bite doesn't. It,
7: it doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah, but to me, it's it's so sweet. It's so smooth. Yeah. It doesn't hit you like some. I won't name another brand, but you know what I mean. It's it's like it's smooth. Mm-hmm. To hit you. It's a, it's a TKO or, or just a KO. It's, it's, it's a win. It's another win. Oh, it's, it's another. Okay. So we have a great, great post. Great post. stats on are on not Facebook. in yet, uh, Joe Lewis, because. Okay. Great, great he's post still, from somebody in, in Detroit
2: uh, um, today on Facebook says, I knocked out Joe Lewis. And he's got a picture of an empty bottle. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, there, there you are. go. Nice. You That's great.
5: Nice.
4: All right guys, thanks for knocking it out with us today. We really uh, appreciate it, uh Gary Graff. Thank you so much. It's uh Graff on Music if of people are it. looking for you on the socials, right?
3: Right, on yeah, and yeah, Graff on Music on Twitter, Gary Graff on Music on Facebook.
4: Okay, cool. You got a yeah. podcast?
3: Um not at no podcast yet, but that'll that'll be coming
4: everybody's everybody's asking okay him. everybody awesome everyone's Gary yeah man everybody's talking <laughs> at me all right thanks gentlemen yeah, Charles thanks for being with us uh Jason Bob, Always a pleasure. Thank, you, thank you thank you and uh we'll do it we'll do it again man gentlemen you hey, got some teasers for you oh, what do you got I got teasers all right combine next combine next
7: Tuesday, and we'll tell you the whole story about.
2: Open yeah, on the island. <laughs> oh, I knew that was actually the reason he wanted to come on to clear the
7: air. I don't want to do it now. I want it to... next week. Let's, okay, let's, right. but also we're, also we're also we're also show about... you oh, whatever that was. So you can't see it until next week. <laughs> All right, and I just want
2: to thank the folks at uh, Establishment here in Atlanta because uh, they've been great. Tom and everybody's been you know tolerating us here. Yes. So. Uh, and I'm learning I'm learning things about how to reopen
6: from these guys. Thank you guys so much for having me on. Yeah, no, thanks for Thanks
4: for being here. Everybody cheers, appreciate it.
6: Yep. Cheers. There you go. Be safe.